Who never do for do? Yeah, wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Boom, boom, boom. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch. Happy quarantine, everybody. Is it almost over? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> we're glad you're with us, and we're glad you're safe. So we're bringing you another fantastic quarantine episode with the lovely, the talented, the delightful Temasol. Yay! Thank you so much. How what are a treat. you? I'm fabulous. How are you, darling? I am really good, and I just I feel better talking to you right back at you i couldn't agree more thank you we're so delightful aren't we yeah we're we're quite the treat we're quite quite the cup oh (laughs) i feel bad for all the people who uh probably well actually no that's why we're recording this if you need a dose of sunshine listen to this because it's going to be amazing Oh, I would have to agree with you. Not that I'm biased or anything absolutely um i saw you covering your face do you have a hard time with compliments like i do too yeah, I just like, I'm like yeah. so blushing. I'm <laughs> blushing, darling. I just love it when you compliment me. <laughs> I always say for somebody who loves attention, I can't stand compliments. But I like it, but I'm like, no, do what I'm not around. It's true. It's like, we, oh, did, we, did you just, okay, keep going. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that's>... Go on. <laughs> so, Tema, you are a super talented uh comedian um but I want you to describe it because I feel like you're so multi-talented and uh you know like I won't do it justice oh thank you Uh, well where do I begin I like to call myself a Jackie of all trades (laughs) why not right it just so I've always loved to entertain people I've always loved being on stage ever since I was seven years old it just it came very naturally and just acting and then learning how to sing and getting vocal training at like 12 years old and then going into theater conservatory programs during the summer and just kind of finessing my skill set, if you will. And then I ended up finding stand-up comedy my second semester in my senior year at college at Indiana University. Fun fact. And then, yeah, and then just after I graduated, I, I moved back from IU to... Los Angeles, California, which is where I'm from. And I just got into the stand-up circuit and I just started doing open mics and I started doing shows and I did it for about two and a half years while juggling actual jobs, like, you know, being a set PA, doing babysitting, doing improv, doing all kinds of op jobs, really. And just kind of, you know, trying to figure myself out after college. And then I landed a full-time job working in entertainment marketing. So I essentially like stuck to the realm of entertainment, but I ended up kind of stepping away from the stage for a bit. And that essentially was to help kind of build a foundation in the entertainment industry. But you can't take the stage away from a gal who loves the stage. Yeah. Eventually they'll find their way back, right? So when it comes to talents, I just it just took time to kind of figure out my place and figure out what makes me feel good, what makes me feel comfortable, what I, I, you know, and also having the courage and the confidence to be able to do what it is that I really love. I think there's something to be said about really embracing 
joke structure and understanding joke structure over time. Because, like, when I look back when I first started stand-up and looking at old tape, it's just, like, nothing compared to what it is now, you know? Yeah. And I think that just knowing formula over time, you just kind of get used to it. So then it's like your brain gets trained to think in a certain way, to think funny, really. And then when it came to musical comedy, that was kind of like a big surprise. So I stood in full time for a TV show on Showtime called Brody's. And it was four years ago. Oh, I love that show. It was a great show. It was so much fun. Oh, my, oh my gosh. God. Halsey was on that show. Yes, she was. Absolutely. And she was really cool. Had a lot of fun with her. Um, worked with a lot of incredible artists. Uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Yep. Mark Maron was on it. Yep. Uh, 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 Gary Clark Jr. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Melt my, my mouth. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let me <laughs> pick my mouth up. Um, yeah, it was just, it was an incredible experience, but... There was a prop guy that worked on roadies who's always, like, placing all the guitars on stage for, you know, the setups and everything. And uh, his name's Johnny, and, like, he would come out playing this ukulele, like, during downtimes and whatnot. And I just took to it. I was, like, so mesmerized by him playing the ukulele. And I don't know. Uh, one day in October of this of 2016, I woke up one day, and I was like, you know what? I think today's the day I'm just going to go out and I'm going to buy a ukulele. Okay. Okay. Hold on one sec. Lots to unpack there. Um, And I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't want to miss anything. So first of all, um, I think it's super cool. Like did your parents, were they just really supportive of like your, your abilities and your talent that they, you know, encouraged you and supported you doing that stuff? They always have been very supportive no matter what. Like I remember back when I was, doing I did a theater program during the summer at Oxford University it was called Oxford Tradition and I remember it was was like we were all doing Shakespeare and I was cast as the nurse in Romeo and Juliet and like my mom and dad flew out to Oxford England to actually come and see me perform so like that's kind of the you know the level of support that my parents really brought to the table they always have been but they always have valued hard work, education, uh, family, you know, good values, a sturdy foundation. So what they really, really push for me a lot of the time is, you know, as long as you can pay your bills, then we support you, you know, right. uh, which gets difficult at times. But listen, you figure it out. You have to figure it out. Yeah. But I just am very, very lucky because I've been surrounded by love my entire life by them. They've always been that way. They've always been very supportive. Like, they actually specifically did not want me to become a child actor mm-hmm. because they didn't want that to be the lifestyle that I was brought up with. Okay, so I'm glad you, like, kind of differentiate that because I was wondering, I was like, were they show parents? Were they... You know, but it sounds like they were not stage parents by any means whatsoever. They were just very supportive parents when it came to like, oh, she wants to continue to act. Let her go to summer camp and act during summer camp, you know, so that and that's what I would do. And but like I remember, too, like when I was like 12 or 13 years old, I took an acting class for camera. But, you know, it was just something to be able to, like, get that experience. My parents were always about supporting me through experience. So. I love that. Um, And it also shows it's like, I think I grew up like 
oh no, I'm never going to be able to do these things because my parents didn't push me and didn't, I, I really right. wish I had a stage mom. Like I was the kid who was like wishing I had a stage parent. Um, but then now that I'm older, I realize it doesn't, it's fine. You know, you, you yeah. create your own path, but um, yeah. it sounds like the right amount of like really good support and then love. Um, but also love. I'm super fascinated by getting into like entertainment marketing and those jobs that are like the industry and Hollywood that are not in front of the camera because it's a whole universe yeah. of, uh, and you know, that movie, the holiday, have you seen it, right? Love. Uh, own it on DVD, girl. Yeah, I feel like that one opened my eyes to, like, when you see those homes in the hills, it's not necessarily, you know, like, um, you know, the biggest movie star. It's these people who are behind the scenes making it happen. And, you know, it just kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And I was like, totally. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I do sometimes wish I had, like, gone into something like that out of college or when I was younger. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you say that, too, because everyone's perception of Hollywood who doesn't actually live in Los Angeles or Hollywood is it has to be vastly different. I can only imagine. Right. So whatever you envision as being glitzy and glamorous is not necessarily the case. I mean, talk about working on a day on set. It could be anywhere from four hours to 12 plus hours. Uh-huh. And you sometimes like depending on what role you're playing if you're a background actor a stand-in actor or a first team member like everything is different and there's different demands and different things that you have to do so there's it's strenuous in different ways but it's still a job like the experience of working on set is unlike anything else I feel it's very exciting it's a lot of fun I personally love it but it's also very different than being a writer in a writer's room. And so it's just, it's kind of whatever you take to and whatever you enjoy the most. And I think that that's the path that you should choose is yeah. just whatever makes you happiest, obviously. Yeah. So, um, I was, when you're saying that, and as I've, I've made more friends who have these jobs, I was like, oh, in a way it's like my job, same thing in a, in the sense that like, it's a whole orchestration of like things that have to happen and everybody has to do their part for everything right. to come together for the final product. Totally. Um, so I want to, uh, I, I am going to get into your ukulele because that just charmed me, but tell us a little bit about some of the projects uh, that you've worked on or been a part of, because I've, I know I've seen like on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, Wow. Like, I get so excited when I see you on set. I'm like, what's Tema doing? So sweet. What about well, your favorites? Uh, Roadies was a big one. That was a really fun project because Cameron Crowe was at the helm of the whole thing. Yeah, it was so, very Almost Famous-ish. Like, well, the, he, yeah, he that's, that his, that's his thing. Almost Famous. That was <laughs> That's his big thing. He could not be a nicer human being. I had the utmost pleasure of working with him and... I miss him dearly. It's been a very long... It's been four years since I've seen him. Did you get to but, meet his wife? Uh, I did not. He has... He had a girlfriend when I was working oh. with him. I think it was his... I think it was a girlfriend. Oh, wasn't girlfriend. he married to the woman from Heart? Um, I don't remember. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. I get okay. so excited by Distracted. I get it. <laughs> Celeb goss. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, Rhodey's was was really cool because then after roadies just multiple things started happening after that that felt really cool um 
I ended up working on the TV show Life in Pieces on CBS for three seasons full time. I started off as a stand in, uh, standing in for Zoe Lister Jones. And then every season, they ended up actually upgrading me to uh, a first team role. So, season two, I ended up being upgraded to playing in Amazon Alexa, the Amazon Alexa. So I did that, and then cool. season three, I, I got to be a talking toy potty, which was which was <laughs> shitty, but you know what do you need to do? <laughs> uh, and then season four, I ended up, I, I I ended up asking if it'd be okay to be considered for an on camera role because I had already done two roles that were technically behind camera, you know, as a voice. So I ended up getting a email from casting and they said hey we'd like you to do a self-tape for this art instructor role and I ended up yeah so I ended up doing the self-tape my friend Julia helped me out and that was on a Friday I sent it in and then by Tuesday I found out that I had pinned that role and then we shot that on Thursday so that was that was that was a very exciting time for me that was my first network tv like on camera job yeah so that was very fun very freaking cool man you know Um, what I love about that um because I think it's it's universal in the sense of like you know you get in somewhere and then you work really hard and you show them who you are you show them your work ethic you know you show up you do what it takes and then when the time is right or when you feel like you have that opening ask for an order you know just ask for the opportunity once you've kind of proven yourself a little bit and why wouldn't they want to work with you? They already know your work ethic and who you are. Yeah. So I think that's just really good advice like for anybody trying to kind of move ahead. It's not going to happen like that sometimes. No. But, you know, you, you totally learned a lot along the way. Well, there's something to be said, too, about paying your dues and working and just listening and observing and soaking it in like a sponge but my dad has always been pro when it comes to like, you know, requests can be accepted or declined. So just ask. And, you know, obviously boundaries are important and make sure that you're asking questions at the appropriate time and whatnot. But when it comes to going after what I want, I've always been fearless in that matter. I've always gone after it because my attitude simply is just that. Like, what's the worst that can happen is that I'm someone says no great I'll just keep going you just have to keep going you know yeah and then at least now you're on their mind exactly I mean again it's like you know if you have an opportunity to audition in front of a casting director even if you don't book that role then they still have you in mind for a future role like especially if you have a good audition you know so it's very impression based I feel it's like you have one time to make, you know, you don't have a second chance to make a first impression, but like be likable, work hard, show up, you know, yeah. do your job. You're on set with people for a long time per day. So like, it's gotta be fun. Cause a lot of the stuff is typically kind of, you know, kind of banal, but really it's, it's the people that you work with that make it a fun crew. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, and that's how people make decisions is like, who do I want around? Like there's a yeah. hundred people that can do this job, but who do I want to work with? Totally. Um, yeah, that's really cool. That's really good advice. Um, and by the way, just to kind of tap into the whole, like, you know, the timing and the networking aspect, um, 
when it comes to like meeting people in this industry, especially if you like the people that you work with, keep them in your network. I like to use the saying, your network is your net worth. Mm. But, you know, like people that I worked with back in 2010, I still am in touch with. Mm -hmm. Like, that's also how I ended up landing a role on a SAG indie feature. Like, that's, it's just who you know a lot of the times because a lot of things are word, word of mouth, so... That's fantastic. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm so excited by your roadies connection because, because <laughs> I, I watched it. I watched that show every week. My, um, I'm originally from San Diego and so right. almost famous. It was kind of starts or originates there. I think Cameron Crowe's mm-hmm. from there. Um, yeah. so it was really cool to see like my favorite spots like popping up and then, mm-hmm. um, my best friend is a, a, a roadie or she was, she was a, a union nice. stagehand. And awesome. I was like, oh, that's, that's what Trisha does. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, anyway, I want to go back and, and it, watch it now. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting, because it's all the perspective of a roadie. I mean, I, there was just a lot of fun elements of that show. And it was very, uh, it was very extravagant. There was, it was a very big budget show, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't think I'll ever have an experience like what I had with roadies. And the other thing that's crazy is that I landed on roadies because my buddy Roger, who now is a second, second AD working out in Atlanta on the walking dead. Although I don't think that they're walking there. They ain't walking and working right now, but that said, Roger, Roger was a, he's a good friend of mine that I met on Kevin from work, but he had called me up and asked if I was available to PA on this small budget show for Showtime with Cameron Crowe at the helm, asking if I wanted to come on board for two weeks as a PA. And I kid you not, that first day that I started working with them, I ended up being asked to stand in for just one of those shots that we were setting up. And my second second AD at the time, Stephanie, she's like, Tema, come over here, stand in for Donna. And I stood there and I was like looking around in this arena that we were out in, in um, Ontario. And I was just like, man, I'd rather have this job right now than being a PA. That would be really cool. And I'm sag after, so technically, you know, it would, it's, yeah. So I remember Keisha Castle-Hughes coming up to take the spot, her, her spot and we have this moment where we just look at each other and we're like, wow, we look a lot alike. So then, <laughs> so then by the end of the week, I started standing in full time for roadies. And then not only was I standing in for Keisha Castle Hughes, I ended up standing in for Carla Gugino. So mm-hmm. I was standing in for those two girls on the show. It was just a lot of fun. I mean, like I, I learned a lot about on camera work and like just lighting and, and camera movements and the DP and what, what he's doing with setting up the shots and it's just you you take in so much information when you're on set yeah so that's so great I love it yeah it's cool I think I've just always been a big tv fan like I you know grew up watching a lot of tv I still watch a lot of tv so like I I notice little things I I love the little things about television and one of my favorite things is looking at the actors who are not necessarily the stars, but then going, oh, they were in the background of this. And then even before I got into comedy, but like going, I would notice you would see somebody. And I think Eric Andre might have been one of these people where, and I didn't know who he was, but 
you'd see him in uh, like a ton of commercials, commercials. And I go, you know what? There's a pattern here. You see somebody in all these commercials. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're in a pilot for a show. And, and if that show gets picked up, like then they blow up, but I'm like, Oh, yeah. and that's how it works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I probably could have learned that if I was just like, maybe take a TV class or something. I should have chosen a different It's just a chain major. of reactions, really. It's just, I mean, it, it's kind of true. It's just like, it's not who you know, it's who you blow. It's, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's 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 uh it's also not about who you know. It's about who knows you. Yeah, and when you get to a point, and then it's like, oh well, your name should always be circulating. That's right. what's really cool, is that when you make a strong impression, when you work hard, when you're on set, you do a good job. People want to work with you. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's true in comedy too. I've kind of seen that. A thousand um, percent. Right. You got to be a good hang. Yeah. <laughs> be a good hang. That's it. Be cool. <laughs> be funny and be cool, man. <laughs> Buy people wings. And then, uh... Buy people wings. So let's talk about wings for a minute before we get back Hell to yeah. your ukulele. Um, this is such a treat. <laughs> I yeah. loved it. So you, Tema made her wings today, which is so good. We've been doing alternative <laughs> wing eating during the pandemic but I think it's working great I think so too and you posted an IG story and they look delicious tell me a little bit about the wings that you made and how you made them okay so I will be honest I had my brother start up the grill and throw them on good uh it was we just kind of marinated with a little olive oil and some paprika Mm. and then just threw them right onto the grill and then just did a little flippy back and forth you know was like 15 minutes on each side essentially just checking just checking uh I made them very crispy by the end they were very crispy (laughs) so I'm always worried about checking on the grill like I'm gonna burn the outside and the inside's not gonna be cooked so you had it like maybe at a lower heat for a longer time uh, I could have done that or I could have (laughs) just taken them off the, the rack sooner you know I mean I just I think I uh, I was also practicing on the ukulele while I was grilling them, so maybe I practiced a little too long and a little hard, and I should have taken them off sooner. They ended up being great. I yeah, really crispy is always good. Yeah, there's not, I'm not knocking crispy. Let's be honest, crispy is delicious. I think, um, and I had my mom and my brother and my dad try it because I'm quarantining with my family. My mom made the comment. She's like. Could have come off the grill a little sooner, but she's also very critical about that kind of stuff. But and when I say critical, I just mean very honest, you know, <laughs> just telling it how it is. But in terms of the sauces that I ended up using, because that's come on, that's yeah, best part, right? What sauce did you use? So I did two different sauces because we got to go party with the sauces. I did Stubbs barbecue sauce. Nice. Nice and then I also did sweet baby raised buffalo sauce. Oh, buffalo. yeah. Yeah. And then I dipped a little bit of ranch into them. You know, I dipped them in the ranch. You know, How I had many... a wing party. It was, a, it was a fun time. So this sounds just so delightful to me because it, it sounds like you fed, did, did the whole family eat wings? Uh, everyone had a wing. Everyone walked away with a wing. And they looked kind of meaty. They looked like nice, chunky wings. Like... Yeah, they were. They were. I got them at Vaughn's. Okay. I actually did two shops today. I went to Smart and Final, and then I went to Vaughn's. I love Smart and Final so much. I do, too. But Smart and Final did not carry the party wings that I was looking for for this podcast. One so. time I bought wings. I think it was from there. No. I, I remember I ended up buying the wings from there, but, like, I bought the kind that were connected, and this is way before a wing podcast, but had to mm-hmm. sit there like, and butcher them, and I'm just not 
I'm not good <laughs> with the raw food, like raw meat. I'm, um, but anyway, smart final. I used to buy. Um, I still do. If I have a like a nacho party, the oh, can of yeah. cheese and the big can, and that is the biggest crowd pleaser. Like, Ooh. pour that Go in your wild. crock pot, turn it on, and you've got a party. Um, Sounds like one. <laughs> okay, so they were meaty wings, and then how many did you eat? I lost count after three. Oh, so four or five. Seven? I don't know. Okay. How many were there? I think there were 12 in the pack. I must have had four or five, probably. Okay. And then I had a drumstick because at Smart and Final, I bought drumsticks. Yum. <laughs> because I was like, where are the wings? And I'm going to just settle for drumsticks. And then I went to Vaughn's and then I yeah. found the party wings. So Nice. So I, I have some meat in my belly right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the wing constitution questions is how many can you eat? So like if oh. you were, if you went out for wings or whatever, I mean, are you about four or five? Like what would be your number? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> here's, here's my question to your question. Boneless or not? The only real wings are boneless. Okay, ones. all right, all right, fine. Fair <laughs> but enough. I do. Okay. I really boneless. But you can't. On a wing, I can't talk about it on the wing podcast because people okay, make fun. Fair of enough. It. You know, I get it. <laughs> you gotta res- you gotta respect the wing. <laughs> you know, if I were to go out and I were to have wings out and about, which by the way, what a thought to have right now <laughs> in a global pandemic. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably take about five or six to the face. I think that's a solid number. <laughs> I would take five or six. Yeah. Just, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so have do a you marinate pref- a mask? Absolutely. <laughs> Just, yeah. Well, it was like you were exfoliating. Uh, yeah. Um, do you prefer the drummy or the flat? Oh, I love a good drum. Yeah. I want to bang on that drum all day. <laughs> it's, just how, it's just how I drum roll, you know? What can I say? I like it. I like it. Um, so, and I think I know the answer to this, but another wing constitution <laughs> question is, do you prefer a sauced wing or a dry rub? Oh, fantastic question. I do love a sauce. I love yeah. a good sauce. Yeah. I think, but I also respect the wing without a sauce, you know? I think you got you can have it both ways. However so th- way you please, really. Through this podcast, I've really grown an appreciation for, like, a dry rub. Um, <laughs> but it just depends. You know, I get to eat wings a lot. So, like, it's, I love that you did two sauces. I, you know what? I had to just, I had to, I, I, I had to. I think we'll call this episode um, Sweet Baby Raised Buffalo. Okay. Because, I hear you. Yeah, because we haven't really done that. It's a, it's a more unique name. Um, originally, when it. I started doing this podcast, I was like, We'll just work down this menu at this wing place. And then I was like, well, people, I want to give them what they want. So now we've had multiple lemon pepper and honey hot and medium. So anytime we get like a really unique one, I'm like, yes. Sometimes I get lazy. Also, also who doesn't love the name Sweet Baby Ray? Exactly. Exactly. S-B-R. I have to, I have to give a shout out to my friend Hillary Hodston because if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't have been introduced to Sweet Baby Ray's. You have a friend named Hillary Hodston? Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, my friend's name is Hillary Hudson. So I know Hillary (laughs) Hudson. I know know Hillary Hudson. Shout out to Hillary. Shout out to Hillary. (laughs) All the Hillary's. (laughs) Um, Okay, two more questions in the Constitution here. Do you, do, do you prefer, 
But do you prefer ranch or blue cheese? Oh, ranch. Okay. Yeah. And then do you do like a celery or carrot with your wings? I did not tonight, but I typically would. I just didn't bother today. Right. Like I wouldn't I do was, that at home either. Let's be honest. The central focus here was the wings. Yeah. Yeah. The, so you would the do both? The celery and the, I would, I'm sorry? You would do both? Oh, I totally would. By the way, those I look at as like a pairing. They're like a garnish. It's kind of like what you use to clean the palate when you before you put in another wing into your mouth, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I use it as a, a way to get more ranch or blue cheese in my mouth. That too. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the gateway drug. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Just scoop a little lid in my mouth. Next yeah. thing we know, we're putting it into our veins. Absolutely. Do you want to know what I do if I'm cooking wings or going to grill wings? It's kind of a cheat, but I feel really <laughs> comfortable doing it is sometimes I'll bake them first. Why not? Get them good. That and, sounds delightful. Yeah. Bake them and then finish them off on the grill. Um, but Do you my, own a grill? I moved into it. I moved back into an apartment like a year ago. So uh-huh. I do have one, but it's a community grill. Okay. Um, Are you allowed to use it during this time? Everything just opened back up today. So. Oh, Mazel tov. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I really want to go to the pool, but I too am like, oh, I'm not sure. A little hesitant to yeah. want to do anything like that, right? But my air fryer is really nice uh, when it comes to cooking chicken. So I've been doing it. That, that sounds indoors. really good. It is. It's delicious. Air fryer. <laughs> I got excited. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a good way. Like, um, I have a Ninja Foodie air fryer, and it does a bunch of things. Um, but I wow. noticed it cooks chicken really nicely. So. I bet. Yeah. Um, so fantastic. Thanks for playing along. Thanks for having some wings. I'm anytime, Mary. Anytime. <laughs> we'll have to get some um, next time we're in the same place together I love that. Uh, because when when I met you it was at Big Pine 2018 mm-hmm. and I had just launched my podcast and I was doing a ton of episodes just trying to get episodes with people I wouldn't have met and we were right. both so busy at that festival like it was yes. like we didn't get to do it but now I'm glad because we're doing it like I this. know we're doing it now in a quarantine nonetheless <laughs> But um, honestly, anytime you want to eat wings or you need an excuse to have a wing buddy, I'm, I'm here to be your wing buddy. Your I wing love woman. that. Big Pine was a lot of fun. We were talking about it a little so bit before. Yeah. Um, it's just such a fun opportunity for comics and like hanging out. Um, they are having Big Pine 2020 so far. So good. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Um, Anything's possible. Anything can happen. Yeah. I have what this- I. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I want to shout out Hillary Hudson because till this day, Big Pine 2018 has been one of my favorite comedy festivals. And I think it's because of being a part of the San Diego Comedy Festival in 2018. That was how I got into Big Pine. Yeah. Uh, and I just have to say, like, the way that it was set up, the all the people that I met, the connections that I made, the networking – it was so worthwhile and so exciting and so valuable. Like I, between the stage time and just, again, the networking, the people that I met and also being housed as a part of, that's a huge thing because we're comedians. Um, not, not to say that we, you know, I mean, money doesn't grow on trees, everybody. So, you know, it's funny. My first, um, my first big pine, I was, they put me in the hostel 
And I was a little oh. like, oh, no, I'm going to be sharing a room with four girls. And it was bunk beds in the hostel. But it was the funnest thing. Oh, that's awesome. And my roommates were Jesse Johnson, Amanda Hurley, Love. and Char oh Prunier. Pr- I can't say her last name. Pruner? Prunier? I don't know. Um, but they were all like three really talented, funny, amazing women. And so just that, that. that connection was cool. And the hostel was so much, it was just fun, you know? That's like, awesome. And I was barely in the room anyway. That's the other thing. Yeah, you're barely spending time in the room. You're so busy doing other activities. Did you end up going to the Grand Canyon? Not that you hadn't no. been there. Be- I mean. No, but I love that people, they go to the Grand Canyon. They go to Barazona. Uh, yeah. I um, mean, that was that was the activity I remember on Saturday morning is like getting up super early to go to the Grand. No, wait, that was Friday. But regardless, it was like, you know, let's get up early and go to the Grand Canyon. I worth it. You know what? Totally I, I was just thinking about this every time I'm at Big Pine. I sleep in because I, I overdo. It's the only time like I really go for it. But I work really hard during the day, you know, like in the afternoon sure. and the evening. And then when my shows are over, then I really go for it. And then I sleep in. <laughs> um, hey, if you have the luxury to do so, go for it. Well, I just remember I barely got sleep that weekend. Yeah. I just, I had already been to the Grand Canyon, so I didn't go. But um, That would be a reason. Yeah. It's a good reason why. And that year, I was podcasting like a mad You person. were podcasting a lot. I do remember that, actually. Yeah. And that was cool, because they had a whole, like, podcasting uh like studio they had that all set up that was didn't they have like two they had two different podcast no. studios so that like what I was where I was and what I was doing was like it just happened I was like I was setting up with people to podcast buying wings mm-hmm. and then I was like you know what? let me <laughs> use HQ to do this right. and then Hillary comes up to me and I was a little nervous I didn't know what she was gonna say like Mary can you knock it off she goes, Mary, I want more of this. Can you can you offer this to more people? And here, do you need money for wings? And I was like, yes, please. I'm buying uh-huh. so many wings. And then it just, so then I kept doing it. And I was like, whoa, somebody, somebody just told me to do more of what I already wanted to do. That's pretty awesome. And that's Big Pine to me. You know, it's like, yeah. go do your thing. Did you, you did lip sync battle, didn't you? Uh, I danced for it. I think I danced for it. I remember doing a little dance. Yeah. You were you a background um, dancer for? I was um, a background that's dancer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm trying to remember what the song was and who it was with. Was it think, Jay Washington? I think that, and I want to say Brent Pella was a part of it too. Oh my gosh. Man, I'm spacing, but that was so much fun. There's so many that's opportunities. Stupid. Like if yeah. you know that it. it that was the thing that was really cool about Big Pine, at least that I felt like I got from the festival, is that there were constantly opportunities to either jump into a show or uh, do, you know, have a set. Like, if you weren't booked on another show, I don't know about you, but, like, while I was there, I ended up getting booked on at least one or two more shows. That happens. Yeah, and then also there's open mics that they still host, like, you know, so, like, really the opportunity for stage time at Big Pine, like, they are on it. They are making it happen. So, and then, yeah. I feel like the the consistent thing here is, like, showing up and being there, because Boom. if you do, that's when things can happen. And yet, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's, true. A, it's a good festival for comics to go to, even if you don't get in because of those reasons. I agree. Like, if you've never been, I mean, or if you, 
if you have been and to go back and just to even pop in just to say hello, you never know what can happen. You might actually get a little set, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. Just be there. Show up. Just show up. Show up. Just, just like show when you were up. standing in for, you know, yeah. on roadies. It's like, oh, you because you it's were there. It's timing. It's yeah. timing. Being in the right place at the right time. Things happen. Yeah. Um. So, and, and that's where we met. And we were on a show where I got to see you do really funny musical comedy, which I love. And you do play the uke. So that was something you picked up later on did you self-teach or did you take lessons like how did you do that never taken a single lesson in my life isn't that crazy i i hate you well you love me i do (laughs) i bought a uke and i took lessons for four months Uh and i still i just i'm not really i can't do it i can't the timing and i play jason mraz's i'm yours i i kind of yeah for some people, for some okay. multi-talented people, it's easy. Okay, <laughs> let me not, let me not like to a horn or anything, but it's what two chords? It's one or two, two what, or three chords. What's a chord? <laughs> okay, now we have a problem. <laughs> you know what? I I'm ended kidding. up gifting my ukulele, which it was a beautiful instrument, Did you? to a friend to play for her like orphaned nieces and like that's I was so like sweet. you know it's in a good home they know they're gonna use it and that's, that's awesome the best thing for it <laughs> there you go then I mean I'm I'm all for that so you just if, taught yourself yeah you know what's crazy is that the day that I bought that uke I came home I, I went to the I found like a secondhand store I was staying at my parents house just for the night uh and I went to a secondhand store I was at the store by one o'clock. I was home at my parents' house by 3 p.m. And I literally was like, I have a show tonight. What am I going to (laughs) do? And I just started like, I I used a one-liner and I just started strumming some chords. And I was like, I've been thinking, dun, 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 about getting, dun, 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 a boob job, dun, 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 so that guys, (laughs) dun, 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 would stop staring at my ass. And then that like, led me into just continuing to let words flow out of my mouth and just next thing I know that night I performed the first verse of my first original written song oh my gosh at that show and then I was so jazzed up about it after the show that I went home and I wrote the rest of the song until about five in the morning wow that's meant to be yeah yeah I I would say so and then that weekend that Saturday when I woke up at like nine I just kept practicing the song because I had another show that night and then I performed the entire song for the first time in front of like a crowd of like 90 to 100 people oh yeah so I had never I think that to me was one of those moments in my entire life where I was like this is the most nervous I've ever been on stage ever in my life because it was taking a risk as an artist and it was doing something that was so out of the norm and I didn't even know I was like who am I (laughs) this is so I didn't even know I had the ability but that's something that I want to tell people is like keep stretching your muscles like keep going you are meant to evolve as an artist you don't know what else you're going to tap into so just like keep going like if something strikes you and you take to it just 
evolve it. Just keep going with it. I love that because we have these little saboteurs in our head that say, no, and you yeah. can't, and you can't. And and here's the other thing, and I'm, I'm glad it did not work out this way for you, but let's say you went up there with your uke and it, and it didn't go well, but, like, who cares? That's the point. You it just have to matter. do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because one, one fail or one bomb, you know, it's just one. Yeah. And it also humbles you and it makes you stronger. Yeah. Like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I, I certainly encourage anyone and everyone to tap into that side if they've never done that before. Or if they're like contemplating it, just you have nothing to lose at, at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I took less, I, I will say that, I mean, I did take lessons for four months. I did probably didn't work as hard as I could have or should have, but I think that also told me it wasn't my passion or it wasn't, you know, the thing. Um, but the shop, the music shop that I took lessons from was owned by the parents of the lead singer of Jimmy Eat World. Cool. (laughs) That was really cool. Apparently, apparently everybody in Arizona knows that, but I'm not from here, so... I didn't know. Like, everybody went to school. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, Milano's Music in downtown Mesa, Arizona. Little plug. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. That's cool, man. So yeah, that was you know what I, You know what I found, what I have found to help me when it comes to learning the uke is just covering songs. Yeah. Because you learn what the chords are, and then you just start playing, like... I, I just you you find a song that you like and you just start strumming and you just practice. Honestly, just by practicing, I, you'll be surprised like how quickly you can. Pick and you know up. when you're there because you know the song already. Like it, yeah. Yeah, that's really like, cool. I really loved Garfunkel Garfunkel and Oates. Yeah, they're time. adorable. They're a great band, a great little duo. Yeah, um, fantastic. Well, Tema. Yes, my um, dear. So. I know we're in a quarantine. It's crazy right now. But what are your hopes and dreams? What do you want out of comedy in the next one, I'm going to say like one to three years, like real short term, kind of vision board it. What is your your big want? Uh, I would love to break into the voiceover world. Yeah. Uh, It's what I've been working on for the past five, six months. And to be able to do commercial and animation would be a dream to be a working voiceover actor for sure. Uh, I still would love to work on set and do, I would love to, you know, work on a a comedy, uh, like a uh, one camera or a one camera comedy, Um, single cam comedy, comedy, (laughs) single cam. Let's say it again. Single cam comedy. (laughs) Single cam comedy. Yeah. Single cam comedy. Um, I've never... Oh, keep going. I'm sorry. I want to hear your dreams. No, that's but, fine. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to hear your dreams. I've never uh, understood... I don't understand the... What's the difference? I know it's like there's one camera versus multiple cameras, but can you give me an example of what that looks like or what show... You know, sure. which one's better or how do I well, know the difference? I, I can't say which one's better or worse. I think it's just a personal choice, personal taste. Uh, single cam versus multi-cam. So like two and a half men, Big Bang Theory... Mom, those are all multicam shows. Does that give you them the opportunity more to edit and to get different angles and stuff like that? They do. So multicam, that typically is like three to four cameras in front of a live audience. And yeah. then single cam is 
technically it's A and B cam, sometimes C cam, which I know sounds kind of confusing because then you're like, hey, that's multiple cameras. But you essentially have, uh, you have one, like you have one shot, like you have one, uh, take? how do you, no, not one take. It's just, uh, it's like one direction. It's like yeah. you have one direction and then you have the reverse essentially. So like more t- like more labor in terms of like getting all the pieces and splicing it together. It's like looking at one person and then looking at uh, the other person from the other direction on the turnaround. Yeah, I don't know if this is explaining. I, no, I understand well. that part. Um, when I think multicam, I always think of like you have at least three or four camera operators on the ground and an audience behind them. Yeah. With a single cam comedy, you have A camera and you have B camera, and they've got uh, one setup, and then they switch to, like, you know, a tighter version, and then they do a turnaround, so where you're covering both sides. Is one considered, like, more artistic or more, like, distinguished? Like, I do it like this, you know, like... Um, I... Personally, I just like single cam better. Uh... But, you know, like a sitcom with a multicam sitcom, you know, it's like to each their own. It's like, do okay. you enjoy having people laughing in the audience in the background or do you not care about that? I think because most of my experience has been single cam. So I I don't need the people laughing in the background. Like, I know that the jokes are there on paper. They're there in the script. Like, they're landing the way that the actors are delivering it. So okay. I enjoy that. But... Yeah, in terms of, like, to go back in circle to, like, what my my hopes and my dreams, I would love to be a part of a single cam comedy, whether it's, like, a family comedy or, like, a buddy comedy. Like, I would love to play the roommate of, like, you know, I just, I would love to be that quirky roommate for sure. Um, The other thing, I would love to, I want to tour doing stand-up like I want to go on the road for sure I'd love to go around the world uh, it's so funny when you're in the middle of a global pandemic boy does that give me the itch to really want to travel the <laughs> yeah. world and it's so cheap right now <laughs> I know right yeah but yeah. I'm not itching to get on a plane and see other thing yeah um, um my thing too is just like you know you talk about like what's success and what's not and this and that like to me what's an idea of success first of all, having success with that comes within and feeling good about myself, but then being able to spread love and laughter and just inspiration throughout the globe. That's just where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I'm currently unwrapped. I'd love to get repped within the next year or two. Um, I also would love to continue building my brand of Saul Good. Yeah. With my podcast, with getting merch, And ultimately, like, you know, building a show around that, too. I love variety, so, like, I've envisioned, like, putting together a variety show for Saul Good. Mm -hmm. But I also have envisioned putting together, like, a single cam comedy based on my family. Yeah. So, and, uh, so there's all these different things that I want to do. And then there's animation that I want to continue to play with as well. So, there's so many different things I want to do. As long as I can continue to create art and projects, I'm happy. Like Mm -hmm. that, to be able to continuously create, be acknowledged and recognized for that, and to be respected by my peers 
to me, that's success. Yeah. And also to pay, pay your bills with comedy. (laughs) Uh, that is, that's essentially what I envisioned success to be. Um, to also just piggyback off of that. I, I have an album that I actually recorded back in November. It was a live comedy album, live ukulele comedy album. That is, I'm planning to release that during the quarantine, uh, potentially within the next month or two. So, do you have a title? Yes, it's called Big Uke Energy. That's right. <laughs> I love the pictures. because um, yeah. I follow you a lot, and uh, I, yeah. I actually thought it was out already. Um, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so first of all, um, thanks for putting that out there. And I, I, I know you, you probably have a very clear vision board where you're aware of all these things. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like, you know, I do like to use this podcast as a vision board. Like those, all those things shall happen. Like, I agree. Absolutely. Wave my wand is what I meant to say. Um, I love that. Yeah. I mean, put it out there. It's out in the universe and, and, and this too shall happen. Um, uh, but before we sign off, because I forgot the most important thing. Oh God. Tell me about how much you love donuts. Oh, gosh. And what's your favorite donut? Because this podcast was almost donuts or pizza with friends. Really? Seriously? I mean, I'm a big donut fan, but, like, you are a big donut fan. I'm a donut connoisseur. Yeah. I love love donuts. I, I, so, when I was younger, I used to suck my thumb. Fun fact. Um, My, my, let's see. My housekeeper, when I was growing up, I remember she was driving me in the car in the back seat, and I was sucking my thumb, and she turned around and she asked me, Tema, what's the flavor of your thumb? (laughs) And I said chocolate donut without any hesitation. Like, that was my answer. (laughs) So I, it was beshared. It was meant to be that clearly I was a donut lover from that moment. But I, I love I love a, an O-nut or a cronut. Mm-hmm. Um, I deliver for DK's Donuts here and there. DK's Donuts is a, uh, a mom-and-pop shop in Santa Monica, California. It was the donut shop that I found when I moved to Santa Monica. And they are open 24-7. And anytime I go there, I always say, what do you have that's fresh? And yeah. typically what I get is either a glazed like cooler or just glazed donut. Um, I do love, this is a donut that I had at Yum Yum Mm. back in February. It was a cake donut with maple chips on it. Okay. Oh, wait a second. No, it was was a a chocolate cake donut with maple glaze and then chocolate chips on it. Oh, shit. That, yeah. Yeah. A little little twangle in my genitals. (laughs) (laughs) Something moved. It, it, something definitely glittered. It, um, it flickered and it glittered and it was so good. It was so tasty. Just that pairing was delicious. Um, I love, I love, a uh, like a Boston cream or like a, uh, like a powdered with the chocolate in the filling uh-huh. in the middle. Yep. Um, I love like a chocolate twist. I love a good old yep. fashioned. I love a maple old fashioned. Um, really I, I there's, I, there's no donut. I donut like yeah <laughs> um i'm a lover so 
I remember LA has the best donuts. I think like the the donut shops there. I think are so good. They've got some really good ones. And my aunt used to always bring us um, a dozen when she'd. My aunt would go from LA to Tijuana and then stop. We lived in like North County, so she would stop at our house and visit, and she'd bring us donuts. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I moved to Arizona, I was like, "There's no donut shops here." I was like, "Where are the donut shops?" And then, and then Duncan started coming in, and I was like, "These are trash." Like. They're like they're made with no love at all. Like if the frosting is like, I'm like, what are you doing? They're made with corporate. Yeah, I hate it. And then somebody introduced me to Bosa Donuts, which is the best donut shop here in Arizona. And I'll take you next time you're here. Um, And I go, these are like LA donuts, like good fluffy like yeast donuts. Yeah. And so now when I go there, I get um, I just want a fluffy. I like chocolate icing. And Me too. sprinkles. Then yeah. I'll also do a twist, a glazed mm-hmm. twist. Um, I want to make my own. I remember when we were kids and we'd go to like Pizza Hut and they'd teach us. Yeah. We got to, I want to go on a field trip and make, because you know what I would do? I would dip it in glaze, like like Krispy Kreme, like the whole thing. And then I would dip it in the chocolate. That sounds great. I just want more chocolate glaze. I'd probably ruin it by doing too much, but. You anyway. know what? The, talk about goals. I would love nothing more than to be able to make donuts from home. Are you friggin' kidding me? Well, there's a lot of recipes out there. I'm for this. I I saw a recipe once. Stay with me here. It involved making them with mashed potatoes. Okay. It was weird, but it was the starch, it was the whatever, and it they fried them in a Dutch oven, but mashed potatoes was kind of like one of the main ingredients. I've never was tried it, it. It was like, we're talking about russet potatoes or like purple potatoes because... Oh, I think they were russets. Uh-huh. I'm sure you couldn't taste the potato in it once it was cooked. That yeah, probably not. It's just I get it. It's the starch. It's the ingredients. It's the yeah. Now I'm embarrassed texture. for bringing that up, but I have the recipe and I'm gonna send it to you, just for s's and g's. Um, I would like that. What's another good donut? <laughs> I do love donuts. No, no, no. I do too. I could talk about donuts all day. So you honestly. know how we did a wing constitution? Like, how yeah. would you make a donut constitution? What would be like five questions? To understand, like, are we going to be friends based on, you know, your donuts would be like cake or yeast or. Yeah, that's, by the way, great place. You got to start somewhere. (laughs) That's a great base to start with. Uh, Sprinkles or chips. Yeah. Um, Or nuts. Do you like nuts? Like, Like, do you like peanuts? Yeah. Like peanut. Or coconut. Right. So it would be like, what's your topping? What is your topping? What's, yeah, what's your what's icing? What's your topping? What's your icing? Um, filled or not filled? Whole? Filled or not filled? Whole or no hole? <laughs> whole or no hole. <laughs> this is your next podcast. I, like <laughs> I guess so. Uh, t- uh, do you like old-fashioned? Do you like maple bar? Yeah, there's always like that one donut that's the pivotal. Like, you either like this or you don't. Like I the feel maple- like an old-fashioned, though, and uh, like... Wait, an old-fashioned versus, like, a milk – or a, what is it? A buttermilk? Buttermilk bar. Butter butter, milk bar. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that – it's, like, the same exact sort of cake. Yeah. It's the same – it's the same type of batter. I don't know because I always get the fluffy ones. 
Right. So, right. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you have your cake donuts, you have your, see now I really the, do need to do some research. The cake, the icing, the topping, whole or no whole, like filled or not filled. And then mm-hmm. how many donuts could you eat? Um, that's a sick question because I have, <laughs> I've had many nights where I've bought a dozen or I've bought half a dozen and they just disappear like that. Yeah. That's when I become a, a magician. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been a couple of times in this quarantine where I'm like, I'm going to go get a donuts. I really want a donut. I haven't had anything outside of this house in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then you go, well... If I'm taking the energy to go out and buy, I I can't just get one or two. No, you have to get a dozen at least or half Supporting a dozen. small business. And that's what I love to do. And then that's what I, that's then I'm like, oh, I don't like donuts for a little while. Like, like I eat too many yeah. to where I'm like, ah. Oh. So. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, that's exciting. Don't I think, overkill yourself. Yeah. I do like some cold milk. To do what? What do you drink do with your donut? You know, great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Love donut and coffee together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just kind of a big one with that. And then if, but if I'm eating a donut at nighttime, I don't typically drink it with a glass of milk. I, not to sound basic or boring, but I will probably just drink water. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a big glass of milk in a long time, but like. I think I have memories. Not of like, to hate either. Yeah. Totally okay with a glass of milk. I like a coffee or, or a nice coffee with that. Just depends yeah. on when you're eating the donut because it's not just for breakfast anymore. Exactly. But yeah, I if if I'm having a donut, I typically drink it with coffee. And that donut will happen either in the morning. Not like the first thing in the morning, but like yeah. after I've had a legit breakfast. Yeah. You know? It's like breakfast and dessert. It is, a, it is your dessert for your breakfast, yeah. <laughs> Here's my last thought on donuts, but sure. I do want to talk about your donut dress because it's so cute. Oh, thank you. Um, what I do, one thing I love about donuts, if you think about it, a dozen is like $10, and it's 10 little smiles that you can give people. Like, it's almost like cupcakes or something where they're so individual. It's true. Yeah. And you, you can take them to the office, and, like, everybody can have what they want. Like, it's just a perfect little concept. It is. Yeah. Um, how many donut-themed apparel do you have? So I have the donut dress. I have uh, two different donut shirts <laughs> with donuts on the teeth. Um, <laughs> I love it. I have, I have a donut pen. I have a donut notepad. I could use more donut apparel and accessories in my life yeah. for sure there's never a lack of donut apparel I yeah feel. all right please everybody send Tema your donut apparel and accessories. yes at me please I will happily accept any sort of donut apparel please by all means okay thank you so much Tema and on that oh gosh, note my pleasure tell us how we can find you follow you get in contact with you Tema Saul well, you can find me on all social media platforms at Temasol. That's at T-E-M-A-S-A-L-L. And you can also listen to my podcast, Saul Good. And you can follow that at Saul Good Pod on Instagram and on Facebook. Lovely. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been so much fun. The time goes Same. so fast. Truly it does. 
Yes, oh. you are an absolute doll. Mary, I think you are so funny, and you are just such a delight, and I've just always enjoyed hanging out and talking to you. Let's hang out more once we're allowed to. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Thank you so much, Tema. You guys, thanks Thank for you. joining us on Wings with Friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>